0: No purchase necessary void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: From NBI Studios, this is Truth and Justice, a crowdsourced investigation in real time. I'm Bob Rock. <laughs> Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Truth and Justice. This, you know, I have to look at a calendar, but I think this is our last episode of 2022. Uh, We'll we'll have a follow-up in there, but I do want to thank you all for sticking with us through this whole year. Uh, This has been a long, grueling case, and we're finally really getting into the nitty-gritty of it. And uh, I'm glad that all of you are still around and are still listening, and I appreciate every one of you. It's been a monumental year. We've had some great accomplishments. We'll talk about some of that stuff in the follow-up this week. Uh, But I do want to remind you guys, next week, uh, uh, next Sunday is Christmas. There'll be no episodes all week next week. So there's not going to be a main episode on Sunday. There won't be a follow-up. There will be a follow-up to this episode, however, this week. So that'll be, I guess, the last episode. What we're doing today is, as promised, I brought in a DNA expert to go over not just the business card stuff, because I think after last week's episode I made pretty clear that I don't think the business card is very relevant at all, although we are going to talk about it, Uh, but to discuss all of the DNA in this case. So after a short break, please welcome from Pure Gold Forensics, DNA analyst Susanna Ryan.
0: Say goodbye to the dish and hello to Skystream, the new way to get Sky over Wi-Fi. So you can get unmissable Sky shows like The Last of Us and Succession, as well as Netflix and Discovery Plus, and loads more, all in one subscription for £26 a month. Oh, and next-day delivery with no upfront fee. Skystream, TV simplified. Head to sky.com. Require Skystream and broadband minimum speed, 10 megabits per second, 18-month minimum term. Cut-off times apply for next-day delivery. Excludes bank holiday. 18-plus terms apply.
2: All right, so we have a special guest today, and for those of you that watched the docu series "The Forgotten West Memphis 3, you may recognize the voice that you're about to hear. This is Susanna Ryan from the Pure Gold Forensics Lab. Um, she was the MVEC tech that I MVAC, um lab technician that I that I interviewed, who demonstrated and then explained all the technology to us, uh, and uh, she's she's more than an MVAC to te- uh, technicians technician doesn't seem right the right word what's what is your title so you <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, officially, my title is laboratory director. I'm the lab director of Pure Gold Forensics, and okay. I'm also a DNA analyst there. So more, yeah, I would say if you're talking to a, DNA, a person who does DNA testing, usually they're referred to as an analyst or a criminalist. And then a technician would be someone who kind of helps out in the laboratory, maybe does quality control checks of mm-hmm. reagents or things like that. But kind of analyst is sort of the... I guess, preferred so, term.
2: So, analyst. So, uh, <laughs> real quick, can you explain to us your your background, kind of your quick CV so people know your qualifications?
1: Um, sure. So, I have been in the field of forensic DNA and serology for about 23 years. So, I started, um, after I got my graduate degree in forensic science, I started at um, Bode, uh, which is a private lab mm-hmm. in, in Virginia. So that's where I did like my all my on the job training and learning how to do casework and everything, um, and started doing DNA casework at that time, and testifying as an expert, and um, and we also did you know uh, different projects uh, that. The Alaska Airlines, the crash um, in, I think it was like 2000 or 99, we helped identify the remains from Alaska Mm -hmm. Airlines. And then with the World Trade Center, we were really involved with identifying um, the remains from the World Trade Center. Um, But I worked for them until about 2002. And then I went to Florida and worked for the Florida Department of Law Enforcement in Tampa. And... Did the same thing, you know, Um, but I did learn at that time we did more serology, which is identification of body fluids instead of just DNA testing. It was like, okay, is this blood? Is it semen, saliva? What is it? And then doing the DNA testing as well. And then I worked for Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Department in Charlotte, North Carolina, in their crime lab. And then I moved out to California and was technical leader of a private lab that had opened up um, called Crime Scene Technologies and then in 2008, along with many other places it shut down, the economy was right. crap. Um, so I, it actually worked out fine for me at that time, though, because I just got married. I had my first little baby so I could be home with him and started doing consulting work, which I don't think I ever would have gotten into if I kind of wasn't forced into that where I'm like, oh my gosh, (laughs) I don't have a job all of a sudden. Um, And so that's been an interesting thing to be involved in. So I still do consulting where it's mostly looking at defense Uh, Or It's it's mostly for defense attorneys and looking at testing that's already been completed and just reviewing the files, determining if everything was done properly. Is there other evidence that could be tested that was not that might be really helpful or useful in the case for the defense? Um, And then I got back into the laboratory in 2008, 2017, uh, with Pure Gold Forensics, where they... The lab was already in existence, but it was not accredited. And Mm -hmm. so the uh, technical leader, the president of the lab said, listen, I really want this lab to be, you know, to go through the accreditation process. And so we can work both defense and prosecution cases, law enforcement cases. And so we got our accreditation in 2018. And um, so it's been nice to be, you know, back in the lab again and Mm -hmm. um, being able to, instead of just, you know, I would, I would review cases and say, listen, I really think you should have. X, Y, or Z tested, and then, you know, the person would have to find a lab or I refer them to a lab. It's great to be able to say, and I can do that. (laughs) And, you know, and I know exactly what needs to be tested and ensure that, you know, the exact item, exact location or whatever it is, can be tested or retested. Uh, Yeah. So,
2: yeah. And, and speaking of wisdom, and that's how I, we, we cross paths when we were investigating the West Memphis three case. And we're mm-hmm. trying to find um, – to, to get an idea of, one, what we should test and how we should test it. Uh, and and you guys were an MBAC collection center mm-hmm. as well as a, as a laboratory. Um, and so, you you know, on the documentary, people saw you that you kind of broke down the evidence. And then, you know, you've, you've stayed connected in some way because, you know, we were just in court a few months ago trying to get the DNA finally tested. Yeah. Upon your recommendations, you were going to be an expert witness – and then mm-hmm. all of that fell, fell through. Um,
3: it did. And, and,
2: and I know that I've spoken about the thing, and you've emailed me a couple times. you be like, yeah, what you said there wasn't exactly right. So um, kind of what is your kind of reader's digest of, of how you feel about the evidence in the case as far as what should be tested and, and the odds or, you know, the the probabilities of maybe finding some useful evidence? <laughs>
1: Right. Um, so I think there are a lot of different items that could be tested. You know, I mean, I think a lot of focus is put on the um, the, the shoestrings. And I think that those are very good items to move forward with testing. But I do think that, you know, like the the sticks that were used to, to hold down the clothing, mm-hmm. I feel like there had to have been some pressure and force used to push those sticks down into the mud. Right. Even if they were exposed to water. Um, there's still a chance of getting DNA from those, and I think the MVAC would be the way to go for both of those items. Um, you know, so it, it's hard to put a probability on on whether we would get results or not. I can tell you that we typically have a pretty high success rate of getting DNA
3: mm-hmm.
1: using the MVAC. Now, sometimes it's not, useful DNA in terms of, okay, this is the victim's clothing and maybe we're just picking up victim's DNA or it's so low level. The other DNA is just not, um, enough for comparisons or not enough to, you know, strongly include someone, um, but I, I do know from, from using the MVAC, I've been using the MBAC since 2015, and I've used it on, you know, several hundred cases at this point um, for both, mostly for law enforcement agencies, but some defense cases as well. And, you know, we do have a pretty high success rate, and um, it is, if you're going to be able to get DNA from these items, I think that you're going to need to use the MVAC in order to you know right. it's just just from uh from the research from internal validations from external validations like with the FBI lab what they found in their studies study um
3: it,
1: we know that it collects more dna mm-hmm.
3: like that's that
1: it, you know, and there can be certain exceptions depending on the substrate if it's like a really smooth surface yeah let's just swab that right but if it's any sort of rough Rough surface, then that's something that MVAC can be really helpful with. Um, And then, you know, it all starts from there. Like, if it all depends upon how much DNA you collect. Then the downstream result, you know, you have a better chance of getting a result. The more DNA you collect, the better chance of being able to get a usable result. And then that, in, com- like one of the complaints that people will say is, well, you're going to get too much DNA. You're going to get all the DNA. Well, so what? Great. Because now we have probabilistic genotyping that can really aid in interpreting those mixtures, mm-hmm. you know, in the past. And I think we'll probably talk about that in in. In this case, in Robert and Christian's case, where the mixtures were, inter- you know, it was interpreted two different ways. And you have right. two reports with two different statistics, right? So that's manual interpretation, where we're just like trying to figure out: is there a major contributor? Is there a minor? And and there's a limit. It limits our ability to make conclusions when we have to do it just by manual methods but probabilistic genotyping, we've got software that is able to like take into a lo- account a lot of things that it's just not possible to do manually. Um, and so we can have mixtures of, you know, three, four, five different people and still be able to make comparisons.
2: Right. And, and the way I feel about the West Memphis three case is it, it, what, I, what I always tell people is where we're at with it is if there's a chance to find usable DNA to solve the case that M going to be the way we're going to find it.
3: Yes.
1: And I would absolutely, I would hundred percent agree with that. Yes. Right.
2: Now this case, I sent you every document we have on, and, and it's a, for me as a layman, this has been the, the most confusing forensic case I've ever looked at because mm-hmm. there are so many, like we're not even with you, not even talking about the fingerprints uh, because that's a whole nother a whole another animal, um, but just the finger just to give you in in last week's episode which hasn't aired yet, but when this airs it'll have been last week's episode. I'm going kind to of break down that you know they look they they examine the fingerprints they they use the ninhydrin ninhydrin to draw out the fingerprints photograph them analyze them say they're not usable. Then the next lab looks at them says one's not usable. Actually, it was the same lab different tech. One's mm-hmm. not usable. One is usable, and Christian Smith is excluded as being possible mm-hmm. the contributor. And then, uh, what is it? Twelve years later, they look at the same photographs and say they're both usable, and Christian is responsible for both of them, which is mm-hmm. hard to wrap your brain around when you're <laughs> when you're analyzing these documents. Like, how does that even? It's not even like. With DNA, it makes more sense to me because, like, there's better technology Mm -hmm. and new things that come up. But, like, with the fingerprints, they're still using the same photos they took 12 years earlier.
1: Right. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't want to say too much about that because that isn't my area of expertise. Um, But, I mean, yeah, I, I would be interested to see if there was multiple or if there was an independent person that also examined those prints. Mm-hmm. uh you know especially with the third the third conclusion that they're both consistent with christian you know I mean going from excluded to included is
2: tricky that's 180 yeah. degrees yeah. I mean,
3: that's, that's
2: and, and i'm so, certainly no um, expert i spent i spent one day down in a lab in mississippi where they like walked me through and like and like the whole process yeah. of how it works and how you're looking yeah. at the pores and the ridges and all these things and all the it's not just as simple as the swirls and the patterns yeah. and it was like so if they found specific data points that ruled them out then how did you then later right say that it was him
1: right <laughs> I mean, yeah. And again, this is not my area, but I could see going from inconclusive, like I can't make a conclusion on right. this to included, but from excluded to included, again, I don't know.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm and not
1: sure. And the yeah. DNA
2: is not much better. Uh, <laughs> so at least the, it, well, the way it makes I look a little
1: more it. sense to me. Yeah. Right. I mean, looking at it, it makes a little more sense to me in in some respects. Um, but there's a lot of things that I think could have been done that, that were not. Um for
2: sure. Okay. So, so let, let's let's go there. Let's look at the you know the there's one in this case there's one sole piece of evidence that connects Robert and Christian to this old Christian to the crime scene, and that's the business card. I want to talk to you about a couple of the yes. other DNA items too. There at the end, but let's let's I'll have you just kind of explain your take on the series of tests and the conclusions that were drawn from the DNA tests on the business card.
3: Okay.
1: Sure. So from what I looked at, it looks like the first time the business card was tested for DNA was in 2007. Mm -hmm. And that was by um, Private Lab Human Identification Technologies. Um, And to be full disclosure, I did work for them briefly as a, um, I was like a contract analyst in 2008. eight or nine after the other lab that I worked at had closed down, Mm -hmm. but this is, so this is prior to me even working there, but just to let you know that I did work there in case that ever comes up. I was there briefly and I was their interim technical leader. And then they also closed down because again, economy. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was not there at this time, but I do have a pretty good understanding of their protocols then because I worked there for a little while. Um, So it appears to me they're the first people that tested the business card. Um, They, you know, they got the business card in. There's a note in there. Well, what, where do you want us to swab on this item? And the detective says, just swab the whole thing. So they take two, I believe it was two swabs. Um, Yeah, nope, just one swab. Okay. They took one swab. Uh, which is, you know, just looks like a Q-tip basically. Mm-hmm. But, or, you know, thinking when you go to the doctor's office or, oh, I know those lovely COVID swabs. Yeah, there you, <laughs> there you go. There you go. And just wet it with a little bit of water. And she just swabbed the surface of the of the business card. Um, there, you know, you could see based upon the photo in, you know, it wasn't a great photo. It was a copy of a photo mm-hmm. in her file, like a black and white kind of Xerox copy. And, um, but you could see that there was uh, some staining and I think her notes indicated like purplish staining. That's what we expect to see with a ninhydrin when that's applied. So it, it does, you know, tell you that there was some processing done to this item prior to it being received by, um, HIT to do the testing.
2: Now, what, what, what I assume from this, I want to make sure I, I, I have this right or make sure it's clear if I'm wrong on it. That if they're because of the ninhydrin, which identifies the aminos in the car, which is how they find the um, the fingerprints. I would assume that when they swab, that they would go after those fingerprints because they know there's proteins there from the contributor. Is that well? Not
1: necessarily. Not necessarily because there can be DNA that's present that it's not. You know, just because you don't have to have a fingerprint, a clearly evident fingerprint to get a profile sure, or to get right, DNA. Right. So, you know, I don't, I, in my understanding of her, of the analyst's notes, she swabbed the whole thing front and back.
2: Just swabbed it all. Just, okay.
1: Yes. And then she used that entire swab,
2: mm-hmm. which is
1: okay. As long as you have permission or mm-hmm. as long as your lab allows for that. And it looks like she did, you know, so she used the entire swab, which kind of makes sense because if you think about it, we're expecting probably a fairly low amount of DNA, right? Right. This is something that someone just touched. Um, There might be multiple contributors from multiple people touching the card, you Mm -hmm. know, the owner of the card, the person who picked it up, anyone else who handled it. Um, But overall, typically, you know, there can be huge variations in in touch or contact DNA can vary from, you know, no DNA to tens or even up to over a hundred nanograms of DNA that is possible in this case, but typically we expect a low amount in this case. I, it was, you know, the, the total amount of DNA was 1.86 nanograms. So what does that mean? Well, the target amount, the ideal amount for amplification is one nanogram. That's about 152 cells worth of DNA.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Again, you know, I just told you that touch or contact DNA can vary extreme, you know, from nothing to fairly high amounts of DNA. But in general, we typically have low amounts of touch or contact DNA. This is a fairly high, you know, for, for a touch DNA sample on a small item like a business card. It's a fairly, I don't know, significant is the right amount, the right word. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's maybe higher than I expected. Expected or, I you know, ask, the, it, we would normally see. Yeah. Was yeah. It, it seemed like
2: a, a excessively high amount considering what it came I up don't. Of?
1: It's, I think it's a little, this is hard for me because I know that it can vary yeah, so yeah, right, right. much. So I can't, you know, like looking at this, I would not be able to say based upon this amount, oh, this is definitely primary contact or, oh, this is definitely a secondary transfer. Mm-hmm. I can just say, Lots of times when we have, especially something like paper like that, um, it's it, it's a fairly high amount for this type of sample.
3: Gotcha. That <laughs> That's fair. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: it, it doesn't mean that it's extreme. Like if this was like 18 nanograms, you know, 10 times more DNA, mm-hmm. then I'd be saying this is like probably a body fluid. This yeah. is, you know, this is that would be high higher than I expect 1.86 little on the high end. Does it mean that it could not be touched DNA? No, it doesn't mean that. Okay. Okay. Um, so when she, uh, move forward to amplify, that's the next step. Like you extract it, you figure out how much DNA is present and then you amplify or copy the DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, She used, I believe she used the entire sample, which was actually almost too much. Like she didn't have to use the whole sample. She concentrated the sample down to 10 microliters of liquid, which is a very small amount, and then used that entire amount. And it looks like she had a calculation error because the target amount, I had just said it was one nanogram. I guess at this time at this lab was 1.25 nanograms. And she actually amplified 1.76 nanograms. So she did, she could have like saved some of that extract
2: for future testing. but
1: she used, yeah, yeah, but she used it all. And, but she did get a really good profile. So, you know, she got a complete, I think that's complete. I've got all these papers everywhere. Sorry. She got a good profile. Um, that in my opinion, she could have interpreted, A little differently um and i know that's one of your questions uh because when i look at this profile i'm seeing a what i would say a clear major contributor who is a male someone whose dna is at a much higher level than the other contributor there is another at least one other person Mm -hmm. present um, at a much lower level. Now what this analyst did was she did a type of statistic where she just included everything, like every DNA type she saw and just said, okay, anybody who happens to have these DNA types could be included. And here's the statistic that goes along with that. When this was looked at again, and I, I'm not sure I have the date, 2014,
2: 2015,
1: I forget. Yeah, I think it's um, 2014. Okay. Uh, At that time, the person who did the analysis pulled out that major profile, which sometimes that can be tricky. Sometimes you're like, "Eh, I don't know. Is that the major? This it was really clearly evident that there was one person. There was a lot of his DNA. And I do agree that it is consistent with Christian, that major contributor from that original testing.
2: So the. So the difference in that first lab result where they said like one in 320,000 Caucasian males and the next one that says one in 28 trillion Caucasian male, that's just a, uh, using a different method of interpreting the results. Yes. From the it was
1: not okay. retested at that point. The, the, the second <clears throat> person went back to those original results and did, <clears throat> did an interpretation where they're saying, okay, instead of including like at the first locus the first area that we look at there are four dna types mm-hmm. or alleles and so the first time it was the statistic was calculated the person was like okay well i'm i want to know what's the chance of finding another person that could have either an 11 a 13 a 15 or a 16 or any combination of those. Right. And so it automatically like increases the pool of people that could be included
2: Okay. At, yeah, even at sense. that one locus. Mm-hmm.
1: Now what the other person did was they said, "Well, I see that the 11 and the 16 are about Ten or fifteen times higher. There's more fifteen. I would say just you know roughly um, ten to fifteen times more of that person's DNA. So I know that those two types go together. That Mm -hmm. my the person I'm looking for is an eleven sixteen, and so that narrows down the the possible pool of pool of suspects, or it makes the statistics much rarer because Mm -hmm. now we just want to know okay. Who could be, you know, what's the probability of finding someone with an 1116 at that right. focus? And then you do that with every single location that's tested, and then you can end up with a much rarer profile. So that's what happened in that second or right. that 2014 analysis.
2: In the the one in 28 trillion is basically saying it's him. I mean, there's only there's less than 8 billion yeah. people in the world. So, right uh,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean it would be it, it would be extremely unlikely to find no- another person that has this same profile. It's like a lottery number, right? right. You know, but you're looking at we they're looking at sixteen different areas and two different numbers are possible at each of those areas. So what's the chances of finding another person randomly that has that exact same profile? And so that's why I'm saying, yeah, I'm I'm agreeing that it's consistent with Christian Smith. Right. And and the chances to find another person is you know, whatever it was, one in twenty eight trillion. It's probably not gonna happen.
2: Sure. Now now what about the the Sorensen report from twenty fifteen? And I, I think you may have answered my question there because I, I think that report talks about Christian being excluded as the minor but doesn't um, mention the major. It was that was confusing for me because when I first read it, okay. which was right before I recorded last week. Um, under the business card, it says that he's excluded from the business card.
0: Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino dot com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing?
1: Well, not exactly. So, okay. Just so you're aware, Sorensen is the third lab to type or to analyze this same sample. Right. So after HIT, after HIT, then it went to ORCID Cellmark. And they took the the business card and they swabbed it again and Mm -hmm. tested the swab. And they got a really partial profile. They were not, in the report that I have, they didn't have any references to compare to. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Right? So they just reported out, here's the DNA results. When I look at it, it, it's very few loci or locations, um, but what is present is, con- is still consistent with Christian, but the statistics would be much lower. If they had done stats, it would probably have been like one in a hundred or something. You know I mean? Right. There was only a few loci, but he wasn't excluded. So then Sorensen, that was in 2009. Mm-hmm. And Sorensen gets the business card and presumably does the same thing. It doesn't, I only have the report, the H, the HIT stuff. I had everything, the bench notes. And so I could tell a lot more information, everything else. I only have the reports, Mm -hmm. not the labs notes on how they did the process. So they at Sorensen did two types of testing. They did autosomal testing, which is, you know, regular nuclear DNA, you inherit half from mom, half from dad, you know, that's right. kind of stuff we're used to hearing about. And then they also did YSTR testing um, on the same samples. Mm-hmm. So you actually have two different results or, you know, for each sample, sure. the autosomal results and then the YSTR.
2: That's why, because so in that with- report, it said DNA result, And then under it, it's, it's another paragraph that said YSTR results.
1: Yes. Okay. Exactly. So the first with the business card with the autosomal testing, their conclusions are no interpretations. They're not making a conclusion using autosomal result the autosomal results mm-hmm. because they were so um, so limited. Right. They only have results at one, two, three, three out of the sixteen areas that they looked at. Okay. So. And honestly, that's not surprising. This is the third time it's been tested.
2: So this was a whole DNA. new... They swabbed it again.
1: Swabbed it again. Yeah. I, uh, yes. It doesn't say extract from business card. It says business card. So my my interpretation of that would be that they swabbed it again for mm-hmm. the third time. And they're still picking up DNA, Right. which is a little kind of surprising. Um. All right. And then they did YSTR testing on that same item. And at this time, they actually have... It's a partial profile. They have results at four loci or locations, but there's actually a sign of a second male contributor. So now with YSTR, they're actually picking up a second contributor. Mm -hmm. So they're saying, look, this is a mixture of two males. And what they're saying is it's so low level that we can only use it for exclusionary purposes. They won't use this data to include and say, okay, this is consistent with Christian or this is consistent with whomever and and give a statistic. They would only tell you if they think they can exclude somebody from the data and from what they're calling the major contributor. They're not making any conclusions on the minor contributor, Mm -hmm. but they're saying we can we could exclude someone from the major and they are excluding Robert Pape as a source of the major YSGR profile and saying we can't compare to the minor. And then in regards to Christian Smith, they're saying no meaningful comparisons can be made. So they're saying we can't, they're saying basically we're not excluding him, but we're not going to officially include him and give you a statistic. Okay. And I think the reason they did that is the DNA types I'm seeing, say for one, where there is a sign of a mixture, are consistent with Christian. So where they say, oh, it's it's excluded,
2: they they were able to exclude him as the minor.
1: They're able to exclude him as the minor, and they're not saying anything about the major because it's so low level, and there are signs of a mixture, and they're just saying, look, we can use this data to exclude we're not going that far and saying he's excluded we're saying no comparisons can be made
2: okay so that's what uh, that That makes makes sense sense. as the minor not the major so in all of the none of the one two three four tests that were done on the card uh none of them exclude christian from the as being the contributor from the from the business card um But now it it sounded like you thought it was a little, if I was, if I was catching your tone, uh, uh, right, that it was, it it seemed maybe odd to you that there was, that after it was swabbed two, three times that they're still getting that much DNA off of the card?
3: Well,
1: I mean, apparently they didn't get much the second and third test. That's why they're, they have, you know, Uh uh, uh, incomplete profiles. They're only partial profiles, um, and that can be different people swab things differently, right? So maybe someone's being kind of more gentle about swabbing and someone's, you know, maybe the first, maybe somebody's really vigorously swabbing. Um, so I'm not going to say it's impossible to, you know, certainly, I, I don't think anything is based on what I see, not saying something is wrong with the testing, but um, I think that just goes to show that there was a fairly significant amount of DNA on the business card to begin with, if after three swabbings, we're still getting some DNA.
2: Right. Does okay that makes sense? Yeah. So it must have been quite a bit on it.
1: And again, just to point out before I forget about it, there is that minor contributor, right? So mm-hmm. it's not the minor component is only showing up above what we call the reporting threshold. At three loci, three areas, right? But there, but there's evidence of that minor component at additional areas. That's like, it's like below the cutoff where, you know, the lab is following protocols and saying, I, I can't call this as a real DNA type because it's so low level. Mm-hmm. But I did want to point out that it would be possible to compare other reference samples to this minor component using probabilistic genotyping. Now not what I do in my lab because we use a program called StarMix and it's specific to the kit and the instruments and it has to be, you know, it has to be run like at my laboratory. Right. But there's another company called Cybergenetics that they have a program called TrueAllele and that software run, you know, I don't fully understand how it works but it it It's different in that they're able to take data that is run by other laboratories with, you know, whatever um, processes were used at that time and make comparisons. Because I do think it would be interesting to determine who that minor contributor was, Mm -hmm. right? Um, It's very minimal at this point. And so looking at it, like, there's a lot of people that I can't necessarily exclude. It doesn't mean they're in there. Like I want to be clear. It it just means like I'm looking at people's profiles and saying, well, I wouldn't necessarily you know, exclude them. The only person I would say I would exclude would be John um, from I think I don't think that. Yes, I don't think his DNA is present, but there's so little to go on with what's above threshold that, you know, there's a lot of people that could be included. But I think that if you did probabilistic genotyping you would get a better idea of who actually might be included as that minor component which might be important information to to
3: have
2: it's probably more important than you realize um that you'll have to listen on Sunday to the episode where, <laughs> because okay. I just kind of, I did a whole, a whole. I just yesterday finished a whole analysis on the business card. And okay. one of the segments was, did Christian touch the business card? And I conclude that he probably did. And it seems like you're pretty convinced that he did too.
1: I, I'm not going to say that because I don't, I don't know. I know his, I would, I'm, cons- I'm confident that his DNA is present. Let's put it that way. Gotcha. I don't know how it got there.
2: Okay. That's fair. Um, and, and the reason I say that it could be really important to find out who that other person is, is because the conclusion I came to, my theory, is I don't think that business – and this gets into some – it sounds tinfoil hatty as I'm just saying it like this, but I don't think that business card was found where they said it was found, when it was said that it was found. I believe someone else found the card and gave it to the police, which would explain – another person's dna being on it if if there's a there's a there's a couple of people i have in mind that it would be interesting if they're well well, let me just as far as the you said there's names that from you looking at it that you could you Mm -hmm. you couldn't exclude some of the Mm -hmm. names i'm thinking about are javier garcia bo nash um those two kind of specifically can you tell if either of them from just from what you can see could could definitely be excluded as the minor contributor
1: Um, unfortunately, no, Uh, they, I mean, I don't know because I didn't even know until, you know, so I, I, I got this, the data and the reports that you sent me and there actually is a, the last report I saw was from 2015 where those individuals DNA was typed. So Mm -hmm. there were profiles developed, but they're not included in the reports and they were never compared to any of the earlier testing. Right which is extremely frustrating to me that it, the no comparisons were made to begin with. And that like, I don't have the data. I can't do the comparison because you don't so have the charts. I yeah. I don't have it. Yeah. So if there's any way we can get that, and that was done by Sorensen. Mm-hmm. So if there's any way to get those profiles, um, I think that would be helpful.
2: Well, I think that's useful to know. And I could pass that on to the attorneys that are working on the, mm-hmm. on the appeals to see if they can, if they can get that. Yeah. Because yeah, that would be that would be a big deal to me if we could if, for example, uh, and not to say because I think they're connected to the crime. I don't think the business card was connected to the crime. Okay. In my opinion, yeah. Um, but yeah, say if for example we find out Javier's DNA is on the card, that would certainly mm-hmm. support the theory that he's mm-hmm. the one that found the card. And mm-hmm. turned it over oh. to the police. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, it seemed weird to me that it was from Chino Hills when that's what, like two and a half hours away or something. Like how did it even, I, 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 that doesn't make any sense to me, but
2: oh, the, all the, like the name and the, the stuff business on card. The card. Yeah. The name on yeah. the business
1: card. Yeah. Like it, what, how did it?
2: Yeah. So the, it's, it's not actually that woman's card. I mean, there's the, the Mary Whitman's name who's now on, who's uh-huh. on the card. Um, they're like a pro-life group, so they pass those. They give yeah. stacks of those cards to all the Catholic churches and stuff okay. all around. Um, and okay. one of the churches was Sacred Heart Church down in okay. in the valley. Um, all right. So, the, so that's how it could be connected. You know, the, so the, and there's a connection or a reason why a Christian could have touched mm-hmm. the card. Um, it's mm-hmm. just it was just also, you know, and the, and the kind of the point I was. And let me ask you this: If in 2014. They got a 1 in 28 trillion match, or can't exclude Christian, on the card. Why do you think they continued testing it more?
1: Um, I don't know. They, test, they retested a lot of samples, and I'm not sure why. I, I don't know if they were just hoping that – I mean, for the other samples, I could see them retesting, hoping that um, – newer technologies, greater sensitivity in the testing, might get mm-hmm. better results. But that business card, yeah, that's a I mean, they have
2: they already had the results just result. about as
1: good a results mm-hmm. as that they could get. I mean, you could they have results at every single location tested. Yeah. Right. So it's not even a partial profile. So perhaps they were trying to pull up that minor component. Um maybe
2: they were trying to hope to hopefully connect Robert to the card as well or something is why they kept
1: that would be yeah, maybe. Um, I'm not yeah. sure. I don't, I don't have any notes, um, you know, associated with the testing that would mm-hmm. help decipher the the rationale behind testing at three times. Yeah. So I don't
2: know. And it was the same thing with the fingerprints, but that, that bit made sense to me because, you know, I assume obviously they swabbed the whole card, but I'm sure that yeah. you know, they figure they're going to get some, some where they know there's fingerprints, they should get some DNA off of those fingerprints and, they were going to have in 2014 after the, cause they made an arrest in 2014. They arrested Robert and Christian once okay. and yeah, then they ended up dropping the charges. But I, 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 I felt like they had to know going to the jury with one result that says the DNA on this card is Christians. And then also with, but the fingerprint on the card is not Christians. Yeah. But yeah it, that, and, that, and then uh-huh. right before the second time they arrested right before trial, they send it to California DOJ, the fingerprints, and that's when they're okay. like, just kidding, it is his. They're both his. They're both mm. his fingerprints. Um, which really like made yeah. the DNA make more sense.
1: Right. Right. Um, yeah, and I would I would just uh I would want to look at and see what additional testing did they have different um digital cameras like that can that can better clarify those pictures to or different um uh, technology used to help instead of just all like looking at the fingerprint manually, like some sort of technology that, that helped to, you know, again, that's outside my expertise, but that's yeah. something I hope you're talking to a fingerprint
2: person. Yeah, and we, we haven't yet, but we that. will because, because what yeah. we know is they were in 2018, all they were doing was analyzing the photos that were taken in 2006, because as you mm-hmm. know, after they took those photos, the card was swapped and so the, yeah, that's you know. what I
1: was going to say. It, it would be, it would smudge it even with the ninhydrin. There's a good chance that, you know, like black powder would definitely destroy any prints, but even with the ninhydrin, if you're swabbing it, then, you know, kind of pulling up the fibers of the card as you swab, that's going to have an impact on the clarity of the print. So whatever they did, they're going to have to go back to the original photos that were taken.
2: Right. Well, I, I, I have a quick science question for you. That I think I had a good understanding on, but you can either confirm or deny because I want to make sure we have the right information out. But one thing that I determined from the little bit I know about ninhydrin is that what it does is it exposes aminos, right? Right.
1: I believe so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's,
2: I feel you like know, so that's I not. already feel like you're probably not going to be able to answer.
1: <laughs> I might not. Yeah. I mean, where, I, we learned we learned about fingerprint processing just to know whether something affects DNA or not. That's kind of as right. far as my knowledge goes. But
2: well, I'd and be able to help. where I, what I was getting with it is in this part, you may be able to do, sun UV rays. If If something's sitting out in the beating sun for a long time, how does that affect you getting a DNA result?
1: Yeah, that can be very damaging to DNA. Because so it UV down, light those is, aminos yeah. is yeah, it breaks down the DNA, degrades yeah. it, and and there could you know I'm looking at this profile, and so one of the things that we can look at uh, in the profile to see if there's degradation is look to see if the peaks on the on the left hand side of the page uh, on the what we call the electropherogram or the the graph that we're looking at mm-hmm. if the peaks on that on the left-hand side of the page are higher than those on the right-hand side of the page. That's an indication of degradation. We call that like the ski slope effect. Yeah. So, you know, going downhill. And I am seeing some of that. So it does look a little bit degraded to me.
2: Yeah. And 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 what caught my attention with it, with getting back to my theory of the card having nothing to do with the crime, is when you look at the card after the anhydrin has uh, been put on it, there are very clear patterns where it's real dark. And then where, because mm. there's aminos in the paper, too. Um, sure. Uh, where it's real dark and then it's real light, and they're right along where it was folded. And what it looks to me mm. is an indication of where the sun, the UV ray, like the, what okay. I'm getting at, is the card had been out in the sun for a long time. That gotcha. it looked gotcha. like it had beat it down. But um, okay, you're probably not my yeah, hydrant I mean, expert. But nah. Does the theory make sense? <laughs> does the hypothesis make sense?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Yes. But I mean, it depends on what you mean by a long time. Like after too long, then the DNA is going to be so broken down, you're not going to get a result at all. Right. So there has to be like, you know, it it can be exposed for some period of time or if it was protected. And my understanding is this carbs kind of crumpled, folded. And so the protected areas that are not being exposed to the sunlight um, would tend to the DNA would tend to remain more intact and not degraded um, as opposed to areas that were yeah. e- that were exposed. And that's, um, and that's
2: exactly what I was getting at With when I when I look okay. at the card, not necessarily for DNA, but it's like mm-hmm. I can tell from the ninhydrin that certain mm-hmm. areas of that card had been exposed to UV rays for some period of time enough that, it, that there's not as much aminos being brought out by the name. Okay. Gotcha.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, so, so we've, we've covered the card pretty clearly and you've, you've answered those questions. It makes a lot more sense to me and it'll make a lot more sense to my listeners now. Um, Mm -hmm. but there was other DNA testing that was done, uh, that I'm curious to hear your opinions on things like the pen, the wheelbarrow Mm -hmm. handle, and most specifically Mm -hmm. the one that made me about lose my mind when I read it was, Becky's sock, the one where her foot, her Mm -hmm. shoe was pulled off and her sock has rolled around her foot and they Mm -hmm. tested for DNA on that. Um, What were your thoughts on the rest of the results?
1: Right. Okay. Um, So the pen, right? So the initial testing of that sample was done by HIT at the same time that the business card was tested. The pen was Mm -hmm. tested. Um, They got, you know, decent results. It was a low amount of DNA Which is kind of you know what you expect again from these like touch type of samples. Mm -hmm. Um, So they didn't get results at every single area that they look at, but it was still a pretty decent um, profile and usable for comparison purposes. Um, It looks to be single source, meaning just one contributor, and it is from a male, Mm -hmm. and that person is still unidentified at this point. And this is one of those samples where I'm like, why did you not compare this to anyone else? Like Nash wasn't you know, later on they yeah. tested Nash's DNA, they tested Javier Garcia's DNA. They tested Ron Friedley's DNA. Mm-hmm. No comparisons done whatsoever. They, so they, all, they
2: we, did compare it to Robert and Christian, right?
1: They yeah, I'm sorry. I apologize. Yeah. Yes. They compared it to Robert and Christian and um uh, John. I believe Vicki and John, yeah. I mean, I looked at those and and so those were, I would agree, they're all excluded. Um, they never asked for DNA. Well, I, I can't say never asked. There's no evidence they tested any of the investigators DNA that was on the scene mm-hmm. to see. I understand they're saying, look, we all had our pen. There was only three of them at the scene and they didn't drop the pen. Maybe they did and they didn't, you know, like right. that seems to be the smartest thing, is to check those. I feel like they think that must have occurred because this profile was never put into CODIS either. Right. That I can that I can see.
2: Yeah. So and is it enough of a profile that it could be put into CODIS?
1: Yes. Okay. Uh, yes. I mean Yeah, I, I believe so. Um, at least to the state level. Mm-hmm. And I mean it's a pretty decent profile. I think probably even to um the national level. But I mean I think first you want to compare it to anyone who was known to be on the scene sure. just for exclusionary purposes.
2: Yeah. Um But that's that's for but, like to But me- that
1: wasn't done.
2: Yeah. And for, yeah. and for me the you know the wrongful conviction guy that's always looking for the conspiracy to me like what I, what I see in a lot of this stuff you know, is it's like they just didn't want to find bad. Like they already decided that it's Robert and Christian. They tested against them, it's not them. Was like, "Well, we don't this would get real muddy if it turns up to be somebody else's. So let's just not compare it. Uh,
3: yeah, I
1: mean, you don't, I'm don't not have to do comment that on far. I don't, don't
2: know. Know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know.
3: I'm
1: not yeah, say that. You can matter of fact,
2: that, you probably shouldn't. You work in Riverside.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, we do, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I so I I don't know. Like I. That's why I say my theory is they probably figured it was someone who just happened to drop the pen, Mm -hmm. and so they're like, "Oh, somebody dropped their pen." We're not going to, you know, they will collect it as evidence and and test it because, hey, if it if it does by chance match (laughs) Christian or Robert, then that's great for their case. But I I think that since, so I think that partly you're right. I think that since it didn't, then there wasn't in perhaps in their minds a, a. a need to go further with that but in in my opinion this is an unsolved crime you know uh, that you have this male profile unknown at the scene at least do your due diligence and determine if those investigators that were on the scene could be excluded
2: yeah and it was found two instead of just leaving this body. unknown yeah
1: it was oh really wow it,
2: it was on the ground right next to the wheelbarrow
0: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Yeah, that, that's that's what gets frustrating to me is is yeah. all the time and attention and money that was put on a business card that was allegedly found 200 yards out into the desert, not connected to anything. <laughs> And, and it a-
3: just
1: seems to me that things you know, something like that is so easily transferable. I mean, it gets yeah. so windy in the desert, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't expect a pen to go flying through the through the desert, but a business card, absolutely. Yeah. Any kind? Was there any other debris or anything like that kind of found around? Or I
2: nothing mean. that was noted. The documentation of okay. the scene is so terrible mm-hmm. uh, that it's okay. you know, there just we don't know. It But that that mm-hmm. was the only thing that was mm-hmm. that was noted that was found. Um But okay. there were thirty mile an hour winds out of the south oh, earlier okay. that week. Yeah. And it was said that Becky had cleaned out her room of everything connected, you know, cleaned out mm-hmm. her room earlier that week. There was a picture of Robert, who was her ex-boyfriend, mm-hmm. like out mm-hmm. in the dumpster during the, you know. So oh, it, it would stand to okay. reason that if this was in the dumpster. It could have blown out there. But again, right. I don't think it was found out there at all. But that's a whole okay. other, that's a whole other yeah. story. Um, right. What about the um, uh, the wheelbarrow? Well, let, let's sure. let, let's get into the the, the nitty gritty that's really bother me because i want to make sure that i'm understanding what it says correctly the socks the the sor- Okay. the and i know that i know they were analyzing the Sorensen 2015 report mm-hmm. i don't remember if they were anywhere else
1: um they were that's the only time they were tested mm-hmm. yeah with Sorensen 2015 um they tested the socks um I'm because it says socks, I'm assuming they tested both of the socks. I was
2: wondering that too, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's I mean, that's the only reason they would say socks plural, and yeah. that is what it says. So it's not like left, you know, sock on left foot or sock on sure. right foot. They, you know, they combine them. Um and they did get a mixture. And so it's at least two people and there's at least one male present. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the other things that completely frustrates me is they never tested Becky's DNA. They don't have her DNA profile. What? I, that I can see in any of the stuff that I'm looking at. They don't because have, they her have DNA. their blood I
2: I I have the report where they like took her blood vial.
1: I know. But it was sent to Cellmark in 2010. Either they tested it and I don't have that report or they just never tested it. That being said, I can kind of infer her DNA profile because I have Vickies, I have yeah. Vickie's, right? So one of the things like going back to the original testing with the wheelbarrow handle, um, HIT eventually said, Oh, uh, Vicky can't be excluded right. from the sample. I don't think that's correct. It's oh, Becky's really? Becky's DNA. Yeah, no, that's Becky's DNA. Um, she They're saying they can't be excluded because it apparently gave signs of a mixture. Mm-hmm. And, Mom and daughter are going to share 50% of their DNA. So at right. every locus, there's at least one DNA type that is consistent with v- Vicky, uh-huh. but the other type isn't. So I'm pretty sure without having Becky's profile, I'm pretty darn sure that's Becky's DNA on oh, the okay. handle. So then I can use that. Like, so I'm making some assumptions here, mm-hmm. but looking at that and looking at the sock, I think that one of the contributors is Becky,
2: which makes sense. All right?
1: Exactly. And then that leaves at least one other contributor and again, at, at least one male contributor. And so I think this is a really important sample as well because somebody had to lift her up and put her in that wheelbarrow. Right. right? And I think it's probably two somebody's um, mm-hmm. because to lift a deadweight body into a wheelbarrow that, you know, will tip over at the slightest, you know, imbalance, mm-hmm. I think that you probably had to have two people and, so I think somebody was probably holding her ankles, and I think that that sock is a really important sample. I think it probably should be retested, MBAC retest compared to um, any known samples we have, or at a minimum, the profile that they already have. Right. Do some additional comparisons using either you know visual com- manual comparison or again true allele, and compare to your other. Individuals, they have profiles from these individuals: Javier, Javi, Javier Garcia, and Nash, and Ron Friedley. I, I'm not. I'm not even saying that they're all suspects, but you have these profiles. Right. Like, let's do a comparison, and they haven't done that. All the, they did was compare to Christian and Robert. And Robert.
2: And again, it seems the it's same good. thing as the business yeah. card. They were, and, and I'm reading that one right. They were excluded as being the either both of them for being the male that touched her socks, or who's the names um, on their socks?
1: Let me. I, in my opinion, yes. Let me just confirm and see what the report actually said. I believe that that's what it says. I just want to make sure it didn't say, oh, it was inconclusive or um, sorry, I've got all these papers. Yeah, they were excluded.
2: Yeah, so it's like same thing um, like the pen. Oh, it's not our guys. So yeah. and that that's the one that is the most for the, the pen's frustrating. Like yeah. that is something, you know, because I mean, and, and if, if you've seen, I don't remember if I sent you, have you seen the crime scene photos? To, yeah, so mm-hmm. You know that you know her one shoe is gone and the socks rolled down. There yes. were there was right. contact there right. on right. that foot, and they have a man's DNA or male DNA, at least right. one man on that sock, mm-hmm. and they right. don't.
1: Yeah, and in fact, there's evidence of at least three males on that sock because right. they also did the YSTR testing. So. Now, sometimes, you know, look, we, there could be background DNA, right, mm-hmm. where it's just present because your clothes were washed in the same washing machine with other people, um, and it just kind of picks up DNA. So, I'm not – because there's evidence of three males, it doesn't necessarily mean that three males came into direct contact with her socks, I guess is what I'm, mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say. Um, but, again – the only comparisons that even could have been made with the socks, with the Y STR would be with um, Christian and Robert, because they're the only two males who had their DNA typed with YSTRs. So is there,
2: how is there enough of a profile there that if the defense could get a new, um, a new expert to come in um, to, to, take the profile they found and then compare that against the DNA of all these other people. Yes. So is it yeah, enough I of mean, a profile to run through CODIS?
1: Well, YSTRs can't go into CODIS. Okay. Right. The other, the autosomal results. Yes. So that is again, looking at it, I, I do feel that Becky is one of the contributors. It's possible And it's difficult to tell because they share DNA. It's possible that Vicky might be present as a contributor, which again, wouldn't surprise me when people Mm -hmm. live together, wash their clothes together. But, but I don't think that that male is, um, John, because I looked at his profile. So I don't, you know, if you did the comparison, I don't think it's going to come up matching John, um, You could not, I don't believe you could put this profile into CODIS because it's too much of a mixture, Mm -hmm. but it is useful for direct comparisons. So if you had a reference profile, well, I mean, they, or if you did the comparisons. And again, this same laboratory in a few months later, so this is in February of 2015, and then they, in November of 2015, they tested. Nash, Ron Friedley, Jacob Santiago, Javier Garcia. So they have their profiles and they never did a comparison to their own prior testing.
2: Right. That that makes no, well. With
1: that sock. Yeah. I mean, they have, they have an unknown male, basically, at least one Mm. unknown male. We don't know how many, you know, in this sock sample and they don't compare it to any other references associated with the case. that they it, you Because I could see if it was like two different labs and say, well, we can't, that's somebody else's data. We can't do mm-hmm. comparison. This, this is the same lab. They can absolutely do a comparison.
2: So I guess we'll wrap things up by saying if, if you were working this case, what recommendations would you have for the defense? Like where should they go from here?
1: Mm-hmm. Right. So I do think that with some of the profiles that you already have, like the socks, like the business card. Um, I think that those, the socks potentially could be retested if need be to, to get like additional DNA, right? Um, but if you can't, you have the data already. You need to get the electronic data, the raw DNA data from the sock and from the business card mm-hmm. and do a comparison using, again, true alleles only. Cybergenetics, who has the program, TrueLeal, they can take that data and compare to references and tell you whether any of those references are included or excluded as the minor or you know, as the minor components of the business card and then included at all in the in the SOX sample. So then that's going to give you an idea of, you know, who who is that male? Is it matching any of our, you know, any of the people you know, any of the players in this case. Sure. Right. Um, and then I do think that you could test the shoe, you know, so I think there's a good chance. Backing the shoe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because you always, I always say, look, you want to go to the most intimate items first, right? The things that you know had to have been handled by the perpetrator or exactly. touched, right? Yep. In this case, Becky's body was handled. There's not a lot of other evidence because of the fire, right? So right. there's not Really, anything we can go back to with the other two victims, so we have to focus on Becky. What and and I know that some of the evidence from her is destroyed because of this fire as well. Um, I don't know if they ever collected or tested fingernails, even though there was a fire. The, that DNA could still be protected under the under the fingernails. I'm not but sure how badly her hands were There were no were burned, fingers so, left. Really, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um so then it it seems like then just the lower extremities mm-hmm. are are what we have. So I would say let's test the the shoe and back like the back the heel wherever someone would have like pick up carry her you right. know with that that grasp that shoe. Mm-hmm. And then another item that was tested um this was back in uh 2009 by um orchid cell mark they tested a scraping from the cuff of the pants so they were able to get some results from the cuff of her pants and it's it again again i don't have becky's profile but what i've inferred to be her profile based on a comparison with vicky and looking at the other data i think that most of the dna on the pants is hers but there is some evidence of a second contributor. So I would definitely MVAC that sample. The the pants, the the bottom area of yeah, the pants. Yeah, I didn't realize they tested the,
2: the cup of her pants. Yeah.
1: Yep. It's it's they all that was sent was a cutting from the pants. And the way it's described was a scraping. So at that time we didn't have MVAC in right. 2009. So um, some labs would do like take a, a razor blade and try to scrape off cellular material. Mm -hmm. And they thought that maybe get a better or more cellular material than just swabbing. Yeah. Um, So they attempted that. And then they also, I know you're probably trying to wrap up here. Sorry. But um, they, Orchid Cellmark also tested the left wheelbarrow handle. Mm -hmm. And I know there were probably some questions like, why did HIT not get results from the left wheelbarrow handle? And yet Orchid cell mark did get results from that sample and then vice versa with the right, Mm
3: -hmm. like
1: HIT got, got a profile from the right wheelbarrow handle and Orchid did not. And I think that what's going on there. Well, two things. One is you have, this is the second time these items have been tested, right? So every Mm -hmm. time you swab those items, you're picking up the DNA that's remaining and there's going to be less and less. Um, And also I think that it was, uh, there was something in the sample that was affecting how well the amplification or copying process occurred. I know that HIT had issues with what we call an inhibitor, where it like, again, it just like slows down that copying process. And so HIT had to do, she did multiple amplifications to try to get that result. And I think she was able to clean up the right sample to get a result and the left sample just didn't get cleaned up enough. Mm-hmm. So different labs use different extraction processes. So it's possible that, um, or could Mark just used a different extraction process and was able to, to clean up the left sample better than the right. And so they've got a result that is, again, I think it, it appears it looks like a low level mixture. A lot of the DNA is consistent with what I believe to be Becky's profile. Um, But there is evidence of another contributor on that sample. So, DNA types that are not present in what I believe is Becky's profile. And again, I hate this. Like, I wish I just had her profile and didn't have to say, "Oh, I'm assuming or I think," you know. Um, But I I appreciate that
2: you're that you were able to you know look deep enough into like Vicky's to make to figure some of that stuff out.
1: Yeah. Well, there's at least three DNA types that are not consistent with Vicky or Becky at on that left wheelbarrow handle and then at the locus we call amylogenin, which is the gender sex determining marker where xx okay we're looking at a female profile xy Mm -hmm. we have some at least some male dna what the what the and, and again i only have the report in this case not the actual data it's an x with an asterisk and the asterisk means There's additional DNA data. It's below our reporting threshold. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that could be additional there is a Y. So that tells me there is some male DNA on that sample. So that's another sample that the problem is it's been tested three times as well. Right. right? So it also got tested again. But I mean, if you had the actual data, not just this report, there could be even more of that minor contributor at a low level, which again, true allele can Make use of that lower-level data, so right. that's another sample to consider, especially because I think that there's male DNA on there.
2: Sure, yeah. So that would be that would be worth testing again. And the 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 nice part is it sounds like we have quite a bit of avenues to get more data on Becky's body, um, and and then there's the possibility of the wheel. But but honestly, like I have like I, this probably sounds crazy, but I don't think the wheelbarrow was used in the, like, I think she was put, obviously she was put in the wheelbarrow, but I don't think they That's rolled her think. body too. I don't think so either. Yeah, it's, no.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Okay. I mean, cause I'm looking at this, I'm like, what that doesn't, do you know how hard it is to push a wheelbarrow in the sand with a, with a body that you're not tipping over? That just, it doesn't make any sense no. to me. I don't think that. And I was going to ask you, are there tracks, are there two sets of tracks no. or is it just, <laughs> well, then
2: they okay. only oh, – it's a whole <laughs> – <laughs> you want to hear me lose my mind, listen Sunday, because i got to go off okay. about all that on all right. Sunday. Okay. Um, but right. but it's good to know that that we have these – I don't know why I didn't think about, about embedding the other evidence, because it seemed like there's no mm-hmm. real avenues for us to go here. Uh, but we have profiles that we can do something with on the yes. socks, on the cuff of her pants, um, and then we have the opportunity, hopefully, if the evidence still is – um, available to uh, maybe back the shoe and yes. the pant cuff again and stuff and see if we can because I guess I like it's it's one of those for me it's just like duh like that's the killer t- we know the kill we don't know if that business card has any connection to this crime right but we know Becky's body did so yes. that that's seems exactly like the what important I was saying DNA. yeah
1: yes that's where you focus and, and again based upon the DNA results that's the other reason I don't know if that wheelbarrow was necessarily even moved, you know, because right. what they're getting, in my opinion, is consistent with Becky. Maybe there's some low level something on the left wheelbarrow handle. But if you just went through the desert with a dead body, you know, carrying, you know, 70 degrees grasping out, being these. Yeah. Holding on to these Mm wheelbarrow, which, you know, probably rougher surface, rougher surfaces, collect more DNA, you know, dragging her there. I would expect to see your DNA. That is something I would expect to pick up your DNA. And that's that's not what we're seeing.
2: Truth and Justice is an NBI Studios production and is distributed by Wondering, edited by Kelly Barron's Brink, and sound engineered by Shane Yoder. All music for the show was created, composed, and scored by PutThemInASong.com, who also mixed and mastered this episode. All of our fonts across all of our logos and banners were created by Tate Krupa of Red Swan Graphic Design, and you can find more of Tate's work on Etsy. Thank you to Katie Ross of CreatedInTandem.com for designing, creating, managing, and maintaining our website. TruthAndJusticePod.com financially support the show the best thing you can do is just go to patreon.com truthandjustice truth and justice you'll not only be supporting the show but you'll get something in return on patreon you can pledge as little as three dollars a month and we have reward levels. For just $5 a month, you get access to ad-free versions of all of our episodes and behind-the-scenes bonus video content every week. Then other reward levels include t-shirts, hats, and even the opportunity to co-host one of our Friday follow-up episodes. Just go to patreon.com truthandjustice. You can also do us a huge favor by going to iTunes and leaving us a five-star rating and review. And lastly, you can always support us by supporting the brands that sponsor this program. If you have a new case and you'd like us to consider for future seasons you can submit your cases on our website truthandjusticepod.com just click on the case submission button and fill out the form and the most important thing that you can do is to engage in our investigations. You can keep in touch with us through our email at theories at truthandjusticepod.com. You can like our Facebook page or join in on the conversation on the Truth and Justice Podcast fans page on Facebook. For all you tweeters out there, you can connect with us on Twitter at Truth and Justice Pod. And I can be found personally on all forms of social media at Bob Ruff Truth. And don't forget that we always have our 24 7 voicemail line open for questions, comments, or tips on our cases. That phone number is 269 224 2833. However, you do it, stay engaged, stay in touch. But as for now, I'm signing off. I'm Bob Ruff, and this has been Truth and Justice.